Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, March 25th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanetti. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, uh, today's going to be a tough one. Uh, yeah. On, yeah. on yesterday's show, I said that things were going to get worse before they got better, but I never imagined that we would be punched in the collective gut like yes. we were yesterday. Yes. As we learned that the brilliant, trailblazing, four-time Tony Award-winning playwright and librettist Terrence McNally died on Tuesday due to complications from contracting coronavirus. As an 81-year-old lung cancer survivor who lived with chronic COPD, McNally was highly susceptible to the disease, and he is survived by his husband, producer Tom Curtehy. We do not have any information about Tom's health at this point, but obviously we want to send as many good thoughts as we can his way. McNally had his first credit on Broadway in 1963 with his adaptation of Alexander Dumas's The Lady of Camelas, directed by, of all people, Franco Zeffirelli. Since then, he has been represented on Broadway in 22 different productions, including his Tony Award-winning works Kiss of the Spider-Woman, Love, Valor, Compassion, Masterclass, and Ragtime. He won those four Tony Awards in the span of six seasons and was also presented with a special Tony Award for Lifetime Achievement just this past June. His other works include The Visit, the musical adaptation, Mothers and Sons, The Full Monty, Catch Me If You Can, Frankie and Johnny in the Clear de Lune, It's Only a Play, The Ritz, The Rink, which can be confusing if you're skimming things quickly, Corpus Christi, <laughs> Lips Together, Teeth Apart, The Lisbon Traviata, A Man of No Importance, as well as four operas, many, many more plays and other musicals as well. Ashley, as Time Out New York's Adam Feldman said on Twitter, quote, Not for nothing, but McNally was a gay playwright for his entire career. He wrote about gay characters Mm -hmm. for five decades. In no small way, he has chronicled and helped create the gay culture we live and breathe. For me, actually, on a personal level, I first visited New York City in the summer of 1998 as I was getting ready to head into my senior year of high school. On that trip, one of the shows that I saw was the original company of Ragtime, a show that to this day has not left my heart or my head. And then in the summer of 2011, I saw the revival of Masterclass and the pathos and and the human vulnerability and the importance of teaching and communication yes, and connection that. in that show continue to move me tremendously. Um, so as was seen all over social media on Tuesday, this is a very difficult day for all mm, theater lovers yep. as we have lost one of the absolute greats. Yeah, as you said, a very difficult day for theater lovers, generally anybody telling stories now or ever. I had to go back to his Tony's Lifetime Achievement Award speech from last season for a good good. cry earlier. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, the world, quote, the world needs artists more than ever to remind us what kindness, truth, and beauty are. Uh, Terrence McNally's contributions to American theater are immeasurable. Ragtime, obviously, you think of the music, but the musical cannot exist without the book. We and you know, we, you and I, especially, we talk about ragtime every chance we get. Particularly how overdue mm-hmm. for a revival it is. It is especially now. It really not just in the 90s, but overall changed the course of American theater and changed so many people's lives. You think of how many stars came from it. That's McNally. As a whole, I've thankfully seen a lot of commentary, including from Adam Feldman on Tuesday about his chronicling of gay lives, queer lives, especially with love, valor, and compassion. 
I forget who it was on Twitter. I'm 90% sure it was James Kennedy uh, said that he can now write his gay plays because McNally wrote his gay plays for 60 years. And we talk a lot about we talk a lot about other playwrights in that regard before him, especially like Tony Kushner. McNally didn't really consider himself a, quote, gay playwright, unquote, but he wrote for the human experience. And specifically, he wrote for the others with a capital O of the world. He was producing work during the AIDS crisis, which just joyful work that we really needed at the time. I can only, on a sad note, I can only wish that he could write more now for this awful time period, but thankfully work is eternal. Yeah, you mentioned um, his influence on the next generation of playwrights. Ashley Lee in the Los Angeles Times um, had an interview with um, uh, Matthew Lopez, who is the playwright behind Mm -hmm. The Inheritance and who considered... uh, Terrence McNally, a mentor of his, she said Absolutely. that they this interview was done through tears, both his and hers, uh, talking about how important he was to his career. And obviously, like you said, while he did not consider himself a gay playwright, he wrote gay stories so that other people could write mm-hmm. gay stories uh, as well. So this was uh, this was a tough one. Yeah. And, you know, as, like I said, as an 81 year old lung cancer survivor who um you know, lived with, with COPD, it's, it's difficult to imagine um, someone in worse, you know, shape for contracting this disease, but it just, it, it's sad and it hurts, but it makes you angry as well that our nation's response to this pandemic um, wasn't better. There's no possible way of knowing if anything could have been done to prevent any lives being lost, sure. um, but especially, you know, specifically McNally's. Um, but it, it just amplifies the fact that we are now talking about legitimate American politicians openly discussing sacrificing the lives of elderly people to save the stock market. It, it It's yeah. aggravating and infuriating. Yeah. And it's not even it's not even a real choice. Like it's, there are so many people under the age of 40 who are impacted by this. Right. It's it's not even a real, we keep talking about that as far as like the theater people have been diagnosed so far. Like not everybody is 81 year old Terrence McNally. These are people who are on the stage and then outside the theater. These are real working people, real, it's it's baffling to me that this is the response so far it's it's such a mix of emotions um the the sadness obviously with his passing the anger at the response to this epidemic uh but then also you can't help but be happy to have experienced his works um over the years because they are so important and they are so lasting and it is encouraging and comforting to know that, as you said, his works are eternal and will be continued to be performed and and beloved for not only years, but decades and generations to come. Mm-hmm. That is probably the one uh, piece of solace that we can take from this. Um, and, of course, we send our thoughts to his husband, Tom, who is yes, one of the great champions of his work, uh, as well as other works uh, out there, as well as the rest of his family uh, and all those who loved him. Uh, it, it's really a really a sad day. All right, Ashley, um, let's transition into other COVID-19 related news. But 
because of how sad the uh, Terrence McNally news is, I'm going to start with mm. the one bit of positive news that we had in this COVID-19 <laughs> stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. On Tuesday, we learned that Lincoln Center would be pushing back its world premieres of the new musical Flying Over Sunset and the world premiere of the opera adaptation of Intimate Apparel to the fall. And normally, actually, I don't think that I would consider two highly anticipated shows being pushed back at to be good news <laughs> right. but weird times. in this situation i was certainly concerned that they would be canceled altogether as we oh, are seeing other maybe. shows happening mm -hmm. so this is a very welcome announcement uh this week especially um it's something that uh, mm -hmm. oliver and i talked about uh in our conversation over the weekend that perhaps the shows that we are seeing um that are supposed to be scheduled for the spring from uh, not-for-profit organizations, per perhaps they have more flexibility in moving things around uh, than 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 the commercial production. So I'm very glad that Flying Over Sunset and mm -hmm. Lynn Nottage's uh, adaptation, uh, opera adaptation of her own play, um, is is going to be seen mm -hmm. later in the fall at dates to be announced. Yeah, as you said, really good news to see this, even though it doesn't necessarily feel like it, because as you said, things being pushed back isn't inherently good news. But at this point, we should all be expecting cancellations. As we talked about yesterday, there are going to be the several <laughs> to say the least and things are going to get worse than we anticipated unfortunately so to see lincoln center say we obviously can't do this now but we are holding strong to it we want to do right by it we want to do it later we want people to see these works is very encouraging and it's hopeful where there isn't a lot of hope right now <laughs> yeah absolutely Okay, uh, back to the bad news, Ashley. Okay, Yesterday, it was you. announced that Warner Brothers is completely rearranging its film release schedule, and included in those movies is the film adaptation of In the Heights, which is being pushed off of its original release date, my birthday of June 26th. I'm sorry. Lin-Manuel Miranda in recent... Yeah, seriously, it's, it's all about me. Um, Lin had, <laughs> in recent weeks, I think last week, spoken about how difficult it is to try to complete... The, the film um, that was supposed to be released in three months with all of this going on, he said that they were in the in the process of recording um, the score. You know, I'm assuming mm. that's the backing tracks, backing and, tracks and all yep. of those things. Yeah, because the, they did the everything. And the they did a lot of their live musical or their musical numbers live while they were filming. So, yeah, backing tracks yeah. for sure. And that's a, a whole extra process other than just the filming of something. Yes. And there's a lot of back end stuff on movies. So oh, yeah. uh, there is no official date as to when this will be um, released. But Lynn, uh, Kiara Alegria Hooties, um, the book writer and the, the screenwriter and the uh, uh, the director, John Rue, is that his name? I um, think so, but unfortunately I've never heard it said out loud. So yeah. I'm going to have to trust either it. Way, either way, um, they've all commented on social media. And um, fortunately, it seems like everything is still full steam ahead whenever they can get it finished. Um, but disappointing that we won't have that sure. you know, two, two and a half hours of joy in the movie theaters later this summer i kind of have to take it as like everything at this point that we're not going to have the joy now but we're going to have yeah. it later when you know sure we've hope. all been cooped up for a while and we're absolutely going to need that joy in abundance yeah all right in other news actors equity announced on tuesday that they had launched the curtain up fund and issued a grant to act to the actors fund to provide emergency support for members at risk 
due to the impacts of COVID-19. AEA is contributing $500,000 to the fund and will then match another two hundred and fifty k from other donors. So if you needed an incentive to uh, to donate to something, this is a good time to do it. But also, in similar news, yesterday it was announced that a group of 20-plus producers, some of the biggest names in the business, uh, both of the Roths, uh, Scott Rudin, and many others, had issued a $1 million challenge to benefit the Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS COVID-19 Emergency Assistance Fund. The producers will match up to $1 million of donations at broadwaycares.org slash help 2020. Personally, I think they could probably afford to do two or three million, but Maybe. I'm not going to not gonna look a gift horse in the mouth uh, yeah, at this point. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> And finally, in this section, Ashley, the Broadway Diversity Project launched a hashtag, hashtag racism is a virus, in response to the president inciting violence against Asians and Asian Americans with the use of the racist term, the Chinese virus. Broadway stars like Telly Leung, Ann Harada, Mark De La Cruz, and more have come on board to support the awareness raising campaign. Very happy for them. Um making this statement um, very much needed. Yes. Uh, but also, Ashley, just the fact that it's needed every day. I think it can't get any sadder. But of course, every day it does. Yeah, it's that. It's. I'm glad that they've done this, but also it shouldn't be up to them to do this. We shouldn't have somebody in charge that incites racist language and doesn't do his job in every other possible way and it just hurts my heart in every possible way to see this ditto uh okay so let's move on uh yesterday ashley the paper mill playhouse in milburn new jersey announced their 2021 season um and we'll talk about their clue giving abilities which are always a bit suspect after we talk about <laughs> what's in there. That was my first thought, because we made our guesses a couple weeks ago, and I, you know, we maybe one was right, we, so. We did okay, we'll, we'll get to it, we'll okay. get to it, but in the season will be Clue, beginning in October, which is the stage adaptation uh, written by Sandy Rustin with additional material from Hunter Foster and Eric Price. Then in November through the first of the year will be The Sound of Music. Then, of course, the one we knew about is the launch of the new tour of Disney's Aida, mm -hmm. which will begin in February. Then we talked about the Broadway-bound musical The Wanderer, which was supposed to be part of this season, was supposed to be coming up very soon. Mm -hmm. They said that that would be coming back later. It will. It will come back in April of 2021. And then in June of 2021, we will have the world premiere of the musical Bruce, which is about the making of the film Jaws. Believe it or not, it, it, it mm, is by the creative team oh, behind. Yeah. Uh, we talked about this offline. Yes. Um, it, this features, um, it's by the creatives behind Bandstand. Um, and actually, let's talk about these clues. Okay, so mm -hmm. Clue was actually, we were on the right track. Remember I talked about the borders around the different um, You did. Pictures? That was very smart of you because I did not yeah. catch that. Right, because they said there was five shows, but there's only four pictures. So I thought maybe the, the borders were that those borders are actually from the Clue board game. So there's that one. The Sound of Music is this picture of a of a dude standing, in my opinion, next to some dough. Um, and they the Clue was back to dough. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is I it's next to it. I don't think that that should qualify. They should have done some better photoshopping if they wanted to make that right. Oh yeah. Then. Then we got right 
Aida, which was a baby eating the word A with an arrow pointing to the I. So it's I eat uh, Aida. Then the fourth one, which was the, the the jar of honey, whatever show that was, has been replaced by the Wanderer. So sorry for your <laughs> luck. Um, I don't know what that was. I, I feel like the obvious answer is the Secret Life of Bees, but that's I, way too obvious for these way clues. Too obvious, yeah. Um, I saw some people saying it could have been Mamma Mia because of Honey, Honey, um, oh. but who knows what it is? Maybe we'll never know. Um, and then the final one was Bruce, a musical, because it was a little piece of music. And at, so I don't remember who yeah. tweeted us. It was, uh, was, it Seth? It was Seth Christianfeld, I think, who yeah, okay. said I think that it was, it was uh, he had suspected that it was Bruce because those two notes, which I think was a, I can't remember what it was, CD, CD, CD flat, CD flat. Yeah, CD flat. That's right. Because we were like, is it rent? What? But yeah, even when I had looked at it in the first place and I had played it on my own, I played it on my own keyboard. You said it, yeah. That's Jaws, but I couldn't make a connection to there being a jaws musical so well done seth for being yes. smarter than all of us yeah and he's very much in the know of, of works making their way to the very stage so. so yeah uh, so yeah i actually saw a parody musical of jaws at the orlando international fringe festival a couple years ago it was very good it is not this um but it is very good nonetheless so mm. all right ashley now it's time for my feel-good recommendations Thank of God. the day I know we so this is my it. this is my favorite part of every show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the only good part. Um, so yesterday, uh, Feinstein Fifty Four Below announced that they will be launching a um a Fifty Four Below at home concert series, which is basically they will be airing videos of their uh, of shows that have happened previously, whether they've been filmed. Uh, in the past, like they are launching on Wednesday tonight at 6.30 p.m. with Joe Iconis and George Salazar's two-player game. They will also have the Bonnie Milligan and Natalie Walker show from last fall in April. Uh, they'll have a Liz Calloway show. Uh, the one that I'm really looking forward to is on April 11th, the Legally Blonde, the search for the ne- next Elle Woods uh, uh, reunion yeah. concert. There's a bunch of other ones, but they will also have some live shows as well which is fan- fantastic this yeah, friday david at 6 30 p.m yeah. yeah david yazback on uh on facebook live on friday and then uh, later in the month next week we'll have ryan scott oliver and nicole henry and some other ones will be added as well so you can see these at 54below.com slash 54below at home very excited about that so cool love this and desperately missing 54below right now too so oh, this is especially good to see do you think the 54below delivers their fries to central florida because oh, that would be the God. best way to watch these things is with the 54 below fries, which are the best fries potentially in the world. Uh, Joe's pub are pretty great too, but 54 belows are amazing. Yeah. I would never mind central Florida. I would gladly take just to Bushwick. <laughs> yeah. Um, my next recommendation um, while Broadway world is doing their living room concerts, um, uh, playbill has another really cool series in which they have Broadway stars doing uh, celebrity self tapes where they perform songs from shows that they wish they were in and this one is and i'm not just doing this because this person is a former tell me more guest but christina alabato currently gretchen wieners and mean girls she um would like to play eurydice in hadestown and she sings all i've ever known and it's wonderful the end is great vocally and then uh, apparently her her husband uh bob Lindsay, who is in the company of tina the tina turner musical he busts in because he wants to play uh, Orpheus, which is very funny. Uh, oh, so cute. check that I out. Like that. It's very good. 
And then actually on Twitter, we mentioned this the other night, Patty Lapone is now soliciting questions about her basement. Um, as she, she tweeted out, <laughs> hi, Twitterinis, send that... questions about my basement and I'll answer tonight. Maybe I'll answer <laughs> while dancing. Winky face emoji. Um, actually, right as we started recording, I saw that she posted a tweet. I don't know. I haven't watched it because we like literally were starting to record. Thank goodness. Um, but so Patty is fully engaged with everybody's obsession with her basement. So um, I truly look forward just to watching love that. and didn't expect the sentence. Patty Lapone is soliciting questions about her basement. Like what a time! <laughs> I mean, I mean, in a different context, that could mean something completely different. <laughs> um, but knowing what we know from Sunday night and Monday, um, it does make a little sense. But. Um, Patty bringing there, us some of that certain, very there's a, there's extra an energy. Easy Sondheim joke in there that I will not be the one to make, but I will certainly be thinking about it. Well, you know, we're recording, we're recording this on Tuesday night, and I'm supposed to be at company, so I'm just I'm gonna enjoy the basement instead, I guess. Oh, and another hundred people just got off of the train, so <sighs> that's probably no, they're probably not. Literally, there's like four yeah. at a time, actually, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> All, I mean, I meant all over the, the entire city. Um, yeah. So, all right, everybody. Um, take care of yourselves out there. Um, it's 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 a Please. brutal world we're living in. They just did a shelter in place um, in the county over from where I live here in Central Florida. Oh, so geez. who knows if that will be coming to my neck of the woods very soon. But thank you for listening to Today on Broadway and sharing a little bit of your quarantine today with us. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt, Ashley, where can everybody find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This is Ashley. Everybody take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Have a wonderful day at home. And uh, for those of you that are actually going to work, especially those in essential businesses, whether that's health or food. First of all, thank or, you. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much um, for keeping this country going while uh, while the rest of the world is spinning out of control. Your your efforts are incredibly uh, appreciated by, at least for us, but I know many, many others. Have a great Wednesday, everybody, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. Thursday.